Psalm 49. Hear this, all ye people, give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he saith that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not, he is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings. And you see the word selot just simply means to take special note. Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beasts that perish. Let us pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, as I abound your presence, I do say thank you for another opportunity to preach the Word of God. And Lord, I realize that I am but flesh and blood, and without the anointing of the Spirit of God, that my words will mean nothing. Lord, I just pray that I could be a vessel that you would fill and use. I pray for every soul that's here today. Save any be lost and revive the hearts of your people. Encourage us all and teach us the truth that you have for us from your word. Meet the need of those that are sick in body. We pray your healing to be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. I'll bring you a message on uh, maybe an unusual subject, but uh, the subject of taking it with you. And uh, that, even the title of that, of that seems to contradict uh, what this scripture says and what many other scriptures say, but I think you'll understand it as we get to, get to that part of the message. First of all, let me give you some scripture that uh, tell us really that you can't take it with you. Uh, in Job 1.21, and he's, Job there said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This was after Job had lost everything, lost all of his possessions, lost his children, lost his health and, and all, and uh, later in chapter 2. 
But uh, he said, I came into this world with nothing. I'm going to leave the same way. Then in the scripture we read here in verse 16 and 17, Be not thy afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. So the Bible is clear there when he said that he shall carry nothing away. In Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And in 1 Timothy 6 verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now, we are not going to take these sinful bodies with us. Aren't you glad of that? Thank God. Uh, you know, I'd hate to have, uh, have to live in this body forever. Uh, you know, of course, if you're young and strong and healthy, it, you may look at it a little differently. But when you get some age on you and someone says you can tell you're getting old because if it, you know, if it, uh, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't work. So... Uh, we know that, uh, that we're getting old and we have aches and pains and problems in these old bodies and, and I thank God that I'm not going to be confined to this body forever. But the Bible tells us we'll not take these bodies with us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So... We're not going to take these bodies with, uh, with the sickness and the sorrow and all that goes with it. We are not going to take our substance, what we are able to accumulate in life. There's nothing wrong with having things if things don't have us. I think that's the key. You know, there's a tendency to live for things and live for substance, and, and when we do that, then it is wrong. But whatever we're able to acquire as far as material things in this life, when we die, we'll have to give it all up. We're not going to take any of it with us. Someone said they'd never seen a U-Haul truck fall in a hearse. Uh, and uh, because we do not take it with us, we do not take our substance, whether it's silver or gold, stocks or bonds, houses or lands, or whatever, in Luke 12, you have the story of the rich fool. The Bible calls him a fool. It said, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Where am I going to bestow all these goods? And he said, This will I do. I'll tear down my barns and mill grater. There I will bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I'll say to my soul, Soul, thy as much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, Thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? He provided for his retirement, but he didn't provide for his soul. And God said, A man is a fool that does not make preparation for eternity. I may remind you that that man did not build one barn. He did not harvest one crop. He went out into eternity. 
Have you ever noticed about the time a person gets ready to live, you're ready to die? And uh, so is life. We're not here to stay. He says, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And yet, many times success in life is measured in those terms. How, how wealthy or how, how much property or whatever a person can acquire in life is a measure of success. But I want to say God does not look at it the way we look at it. And so we cannot take the substance with us. So he says here that uh, these verses I gave you in Psalm, in verse uh, 16 and 17, it said, He shall carry nothing away. Ecclesiastes 5.15, he, uh, he cannot carry anything away in his hand. 1 Timothy 6.7, we brought nothing to this world. It is certain we can carry nothing out. I think the key word is carry. You cannot take anything with you that you have to carry. But there are some things you can take with you. There really is. First of all, salvation. You can take salvation with you. Now, we come into this world without it, don't we? Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We're all sinners. And all sinners, aren't you glad that all sinners can be saved? You know? You say, what do I have to do to be saved? Just submit you're a sinner. Uh, you know, uh, I told you about Brother Crumpton and the little boy that came and said, uh, said, I want to be saved. He said, do you realize you're a sinner? He said, no, I'm a good boy. He said, well, you can't be saved. Jesus died for sinners. Came again the next night and said, told him the same thing. Said, I come to be saved. He said, do you know you're a sinner? He said, no, I'm a good boy. I'm not a sinner. And the third time he came, he began to cry, and he said, yes, I know I'm a sinner. I knew it all the time. I just didn't want to admit it. But we have to admit it. We have to acknowledge the fact that we are a sinner. And I'm glad Jesus died for sinners. He said he came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. A person may say, I'm too bad to be saved. Now listen to me, the worst sinner that's ever lived has already been saved. So, you, you, you know, you're not too bad. You're number two, and we know that for sure. A person may be bad, but they're not the worst. Because Saul said, I was the chiefest of sinners. He said, I was the worst of all. And I want to tell you, God saved him. If he can save him, he can save anybody. And uh, so... Uh, he, he came to save sinners. Now, in Hebrews 5, 9, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. In John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed some death into life. When you get eternal life, the Bible said, if you hear the word and believe, you get eternal life right then. How long is eternal? Well, it's long enough. <laughs> you know, there's no end to it. And that's a present possession that every child of God has. So when you die, Romans 8 said that nothing can separate us from the love of God. When you die, it doesn't end your salvation. 
It just takes you to a different world. In John 10, 28 through 30, Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I am my Father one. The Lord said nobody can take you out of his hand. You say, well, you can take yourself out. I don't think so. Are you a man? Of course, man there is speaking of man in general, man and women, men and women. Uh, he said, and uh, I give unto them eternal life, they shall never perish, and neither shall any man, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And I'm so glad that we are secure in Jesus Christ. Eternal life is a present possession that will continue forever. And not even death, not even death can change it. So when I die, I'm not going to lose my salvation. When I die, the salvation is going with me. The eternal life that God has given me through Jesus Christ is going to go right on with me. You take salvation with you. Number two, you can take the Savior with you. You take Jesus with you. You know, I've been with uh, many people during their final moments, their final hours and days on this earth, and I've been there when they breathed their last breath. I was there when my sister breathed her last breath. But you know, that was as far as I could go. But I want to tell you, there's somebody that can go farther than that. There's someone that can go through the valley of the shadow of death. And I realize that is, that is speaking about... Uh, uh, in Psalm 23, talks about, Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. And I'm using the application of that. He's really talking about leading the sheep through the dangers, uh, you know, of the dark valleys where the beasts lurk and all to the high pasture land and how God leads us through life. But I want to tell you, the same Savior that leads us through life is going to lead us through death. And I won't, have to, I won't have to cross that valley by myself. Aren't you glad of that? He said, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And Jesus Christ is somebody you can take with. Now, these are things we don't have when we come into this world. When we come to this world, we don't have salvation. When we come to this world, we don't have a Savior. We don't have Jesus. Sometimes I wonder how people get through life without the Lord. Because Job said, man that is born a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And there's not a person in this building today but what's had some trouble. And the more longer you live, the more trouble you have. You say, well, I've never had, I, I remember Mac Hodge telling about a preacher friend. He said, I've never had any problems in life. He said, I don't believe that. Everything's going well for me. But he said, I live to see that man have his share of trouble. And if you live long enough, you'll have problems and you'll have trouble. And there will come a time in your life, there comes a time in every person's life when they'll need God. And nobody but God can help you. And it's wonderful to know that he's there. It doesn't mean when I know the Savior, it doesn't mean I'm not going to have trouble. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have problems. It does not mean I'm not going to get cancer or whatever. But whatever comes my way, he said, I'll never leave you alone. I'll never forsake you. I'll walk with you through it.
And that's the difference. And when that hour of death comes, I've never died. I know what the Bible says about death, and that encourages my heart. But uh, I know this. I know the Lord will be there. And uh, so the Lord is there. He's there for us. And uh, they've been songs wrote about that. And uh, the song, I Won't Have to Cross Jordan Alone, and it was talking of death. Of course, the promised land was, uh, you know, not really, uh, it was not talking about death there and the application. But, but the Savior, uh, we can take salvation with us. We, we can take the Savior with us. Number three, we can take the Spirit of God with us. Now, when God saves a person, he gives us the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 16, I will pray the Father. He should give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. You know what that comforter means? It means one called alongside to help. And uh, the Bible said he's not far from every one of us. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We think of the Lord being way off in heaven. Listen, the Lord lives, if you're saved, he lives inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit is God. And he said, I'll give you another comforter. I'm going back. I've, I've come. I've come to die on the cross. I've come to rise from the dead. I've come to pur purchase and provide salvation. And I'm going back to heaven. But I'm, I will come unto you. I will send the Spirit, I will come. If you read that in John 14 and 15 and 16 there, you will find God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all, all uh, a part uh, of, of the indwelling of the believer. And uh, uh, there God is a triune God. I don't understand everything about that. Uh, that God is a triune God, but yet God is one God. There's not three gods, there's just one God. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He is, he is one God, and yet he manifests himself in three persons, just like you are a trinity. Man was made in the image and the likeness of God. And we're body, soul, and spirit. But you don't see three people up here today. You see one person. But the body and the soul and the spirit can be separated and divided, according to Hebrews 4.12. And when a person dies... The soul and spirit is separated from the body and goes on living outside of the body. Uh, we preached on that last Sunday on the other side of death and what really happens when a person dies. What is life? What, what happens when a, when a person dies? Well, there's a whole lot of difference between the death of a saved person and the death of an unsaved person. Uh, the, the death of an unsaved person is horrible beyond description. But the death of a saved person is a precious and glorious event, absent from the body present with the Lord. But we brought out the fact of how that a person has all their senses. Uh, the soul, in, soul has the form of the body, has the appearance of the body, has all the functions of the body, and goes on living. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. He didn't even realize whether he's in the body or out of the body. That gives you some insight into what life is like beyond death. It's a continued life. And Philippians said it's far better. <laughs> it's a whole lot better. If you're a child of God, you can't, you know, I don't understand why anyone would want to take advantage of, uh, of salvation. 
when the Lord said it's a far better than anything you've ever had down here. And uh, it's available to whosoever will. Aren't you glad? Now, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will go with us. We can take the Spirit with us. Jesus said, He will abide with you forever. How long is forever? Till you die? That's not forever. Uh, you know, some things last, last till death. But, uh, but after death, that's the end of it. Uh, you can't go out and buy an insurance policy that, uh, that's, that's good beyond, you know, when you die, that's the end of it. <laughs> if you have, buy a life insurance policy and when whoever, you know, uh, you put down to inherit that, uh, then when you die, they get it. But that's the end. That's the end of the policy. That's it. But the Lord said, He will abide with you forever. And He's going to take us through the demonic world. I believe we'll get an angelic escort. Not only angelic escort, but the Lord Himself escorts us through that demonic world. And there is a world of demons in the atmosphere that we go through. So we can take the Spirit with us. Let me move on. Number four, you can take your service for Christ. You can take your service for Christ. You know, most of the effort, most of our labor, uh, the Bible talks about that man's labor is for his mouth. Most of our labor and effort is to provide food and shelter and clothing and the necessities of life, and that's, that's admirable. The Bible said a man provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house. He hath denied the faith and worse than an infidel. If a man won't work and provide... God said he's worse than an infidel. And so uh, that, that is an admirable thing to do. But, you know, all of our efforts are usually for things when it comes time to die that won't matter. And it's amazing. I've been, as I said, I've been with people during those hours and it's amazing how priorities change and how things that we labor and work and all of our effort is put to, when you get down to the end, it don't mean a thing. Our service for Christ is the only thing that really counts. Now, the book of Matthew tells us in Matthew 6, let me read about three, verse, three or four verses there in Matthew 6. And uh, verse, uh, verse number 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know everything in life uh, you have to, just, if you have a house, there's upkeep. If you have a car, you've got to repair it. And, and I remember when I was young, of course, I was like most. I thought that life consisted in what you possess. And I thought, well, the thing to do is to, to labor and work and get everything you can. Uh, and I had a 55 Chevrolet. Boy, I thought that thing was the stuff. I kept that thing washed and shined up. And that was the joy of my life until one day I noticed some rust on it. And then I realized 
you know, that, uh, that I was really putting my heart in the wrong place. And that's been the history of possessions in life. Uh, they pass away. They don't last, do they? The rust gets on them, the, the moth, the, the termites. And you battle all these things. You make a garden, and you have to fight the bugs and the disease. And last year, I'll tell you, the potato bugs, you know, they, they about, to, well, they pretty much did destroy those vines. I beat all I have ever seen in my life. And uh, we like potatoes. But it's just a picture, it's a picture of how these things are temporal. And he says, you better lay up some treasures in heaven. The moth and the rust can't corrupt it. These can't break through and steal. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Our mansion in heaven is going to be brand new forever. It won't ever need to repair. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. You know what's going to rid account when, it, when I come to the end of the journey? is what I've done for Jesus. And I look back on my life at this point in time and uh, when I started pastoring, I guess I was about 20, 21. It's been a long time. Uh, but uh, but I, look, I look at it from this point and I, I thank God today that, I, that, I headed, that God headed my life in the right direction. You know, the sad thing is that sometimes people come to the end of life. I've had people saved, uh, elderly people saved, and uh, usually they say, you know, preacher, if I could do it over, I'd got saved when I was younger, and I lived my whole life for Jesus. That's all that really counts, isn't it? That's all that really matters. Revelation 14, 13, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from the labors and the works do follow them. So we can lay up treasures in heaven. I'm saved by grace. I'm saved because of Calvary, because of what Jesus did. But my reward when I get there is based on what I do as a Christian. What kind of reward are you going to have? And then finally, not only can you take your salvation, you can take the Savior, you can take the Spirit of God, you can take your service for Christ, but, which will earn rewards, but you can take somebody to heaven with you. And I want to tell you, you can go through life the Bible said, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If you had it all, you'd have to give it up. But God says one soul is more valuable than if this whole world, if you, have, if you own everything, one soul is worth more than the whole world. And I'm glad you can take somebody. That's what I've been trying to do all these years. I've been trying to take somebody. And I'll tell you, I've never, I've never lost the drive. I've never lost the desire I've never lost that to try to get somebody to go to heaven with me. And I'm not, I've not been able to get as many to go in the last few years as I did in, in years past, but I'm still working at it. I'm still trying. And thank God once in a while, just like Miss Warren's brother two or three weeks ago, you know, 
He joined the family of God and received Jesus Christ. And so along the line, you win some souls and you get somebody to go, go to heaven with you. And uh, what a joy. You know, what a, what a blessing to see someone, they get saved, they receive Christ, and they're so excited. They're so different and so changed and such a different outlook on life and eternity. It's the greatest thing in the world. You can take somebody to heaven with you. James 5.20, Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming, for ye are our glory and joy. Paul said, you want to know what my joy is? Seeing you there. Seeing you there. You know, if you have family loss, you ought to do everything in your power. You ought to pray for them. Y'all love them. Y'all live right before them. And y'all to witness to them and try to get them to come to church and most of all try to get them to come to Jesus. And uh, uh, so the family can be together in heaven. You know, it'd be sad. I, I cannot imagine. Thank God my family, my immediate family is saved. But uh, I can't imagine what, what it'd be like for my children not to be in heaven and uh, my wife not to be in heaven. And yet there are many people, many people have children lost, have a wife or husband lost, have relatives that are lost without God. And we ought to do what we can. I realize it's a personal decision that everybody has to make. If I could, if I could make people be saved, I'd, I'd do everything I could to make people get saved. But uh, it's a personal decision that each individual has to make. Noah won his family to God on the ark. Only eight people were saved, but the whole family was on the ark. The Philippian jailer believed along with his house. We can take somebody with us. And you know, the sad part is that many times we as Christians are not as concerned as we ought to be and not as caring as we ought to be in trying to get others to go. You know, if, I, if there was some doctor out there that was able to find a cure for cancer, I have a mother that's in heaven, a sister that's in heaven. My mother died at 60, my sister at 59 of cancer. And it'd be a wonderful thing if they could find a cure for cancer. But if there was a doctor out there that had discovered some cure, and kept it to himself and would not share it with the world, what would you think about a doctor like that? We have something far greater than the cure for cancer. We have a cure for sin. A sin that's going to put people in a hell that will never, where the fire will never be quenched. And yet many times we keep it to ourselves. Really don't share it. God help us. You can take somebody with you. Let's bow our heads, please.